Welcome to Radiate Church Online. We are so excited about what God is doing here at Radiate Church in Elgin, South Carolina. If you have a story that you would want to share about the impact that God has had on your life, you can share that story at youmatter at radiatechurch.net. Also, if you'd like to give, you can give by going to radiatechurch.net or you can give to our ministry by app. Now, let's prepare our hearts for a powerful message from God. It's Memorial Day. Come on, make some noise in the house this morning. We're pumped that you're here. Hey, why don't you take just a minute. I think some people around you need to wake up today. So why don't you high five somebody, tell them happy Memorial Day weekend. Welcome them to Radiate. Say welcome to the family. Come on with some oomph behind it. You know what I'm saying? Man, man, I am so glad to have you with us today that you made us a part of your weekend before you go to the lake and have a cookout. Anybody cooking out some burgers and dogs this weekend? You know, like three of you. The rest of you are like, I'm sleeping in, Pastor. <laughs> hey, hey, man. No, we're excited to be here today. Um, I just want to tell you uh, that it is an amazing thing uh, that I uh, get the opportunity to pastor a church uh, that allows me to go and minister in other places where God opens doors, but you guys still bring the house down no matter what. You know what I'm saying? Because the church ain't about some uh, one person. It's about a group of people called the kingdom. Amen? And so we're excited about that. We're in week number five, I think it is, of our uh, All In series. And uh, we've been basing this off of Mark chapter 12, verse 30. In Mark verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 30, it says this. It says that this man's coming in. He's trying to trap Jesus. And he asks Jesus, he says, hey, what's the most important thing that you can do? What's the most important commandment? Jesus looks at him and he basically tells him, you already know. But he says this. He says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And then he says, and the second is equally as great, uh, that you are to love your neighbor as what? Yourself. yourself. Can I tell you that part of the problem is many of us do love our neighbor like ourselves? We just don't love ourselves. And because we don't think that this is a sidebar, you're welcome. Because we don't think we're all that great and we're grateful and we're, uh, that we deserve anything God gives us, they don't either. And so we judge them through the eyes of our own judgment. Are you following me today? We condemn them through the eyes that we believe we should be condemned on. And so that's why judgment is so apparent in life today. I believe this because there's so many people that are not living a fulfilled Christian life with Christ, but they claim the, 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 the life of Christ, but we're not living it to its fullness simply because, and it's about this topic today, our minds get in the way. Can I tell you the truth? I could preach a five-week series on this alone today, but I'm going to tell you what the truth is. Many of us sitting in the room today, many of you are sitting in the room today, many of uh, me throughout my life, we, I sit in the room uh, many times, and the one thing that keeps me from living my full life with Christ, can I tell you what it is? It's between my ears. It's my brain. It's my mind. It's what I think about. It's how I think about it. It's what I receive. And the problem is, is that we don't want to talk about that because we lump the mind into this self-help self category, right? To where you only talk about that in books that are about leadership and all this other stuff. But can I tell you, much of the reason many people can't accept what churches do today is because of the filter that they use to put it through. Right? 
It's because many of us, we claim the Christian life, but we get stuck in, in a prayer at the altar. And it's not because we don't want to go forward. It's because we don't know how to think at another level. And so today I'm going to attempt to go through a, a five week series in about 30 minutes. I heard somebody told me before service today. Here's what they told me. This is dangerous. They said, take your time. <laughs> you ain't got five weeks straight, bro. <laughs> because I believe this is one of the most important things that we can talk about. So here's what I want you to title the message today. Mind warp. Mind warp. Because many of us live in this mentality that the mind may not be as important as we think it is. But can I tell you, living a full life with Christ is not just about your spirit, but it's about your mind as well. And the Bible actually talks about it a lot. The Bible actually talks about it a lot. We're going to look at several things today, but I want to show you something. How many coffee drinkers do we have in the house today? Any, any coffee drinkers? Uh, we got a lot of coffee drinkers that they can't uh, talk to anybody. Anybody in that category. Don't talk to me until I get my cup of coffee, my hand. I, if I could throw both of them up and you still hear me, I'd do that. Because that's me. Like, I walk around, my, my wife is shaking her head violently, yes. Because I'll walk around with a scowl on my face. And she's like, just get your cup of coffee, baby. You're going to be okay. Right? And, and, and chances are you got some of these. If you make coffee at home, you got some of these at home, right? Paper. Paper coffee filters, right? And, and, I, and so my ritual is every Sunday morning, I go by Starbucks on the way to, 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 to church every Sunday morning. I'm a man of ritual a lot of times. And so I go by every Sunday morning and I get my tall white chocolate mocha with a double shot of espresso. Praise God. Now, you guys are going now. Sunday mornings make a whole lot more sense. <laughs> it makes a whole lot more sense about you, right? That's just my thing. And I think the reason I like Star Starbucks coffee is because I get the, the frou-frou drinks. I get the fruity drinks, the, 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 the sweet drinks. I like the, the sweet stuff, the sweet tooth. You know what I'm saying? I like that stuff. And so I get the tall white chocolate mocha, double shot of espresso. But when I'm at home, I ain't making all that. I don't have time for all that. I don't have capacity for all that. I don't even have the knowledge to do all that. You know what I'm saying? And so my wife used to work at a coffee shop. She told me one time, she said, I can make that for you at home. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. She made it. Let's just say it was Starbucks. And I'm just kidding. I'm kind of kidding. The only reason I'm saying I'm kidding is because I'm going to be in trouble later. Um, you weren't supposed to be in here during this message, babe. Um, no, I'm just kidding about that. And um, so you got these at home. And what do you do when you go to make your pot of coffee? You pour the coffee in the back of the coffee maker, right? And you put one of these bad boys in the little cup, in the little holder thingy, jigger thing, my bob, that thing. You put it in there, and you put the scoops of coffee in there, right? And you turn it on, and what happens? The water filters through. This drips onto the coffee, and this does what? It filters all the grounds out so that you get the coffee, right? But I discovered something about two years ago that changed my life forever. And it's called pour-over coffee. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody's been touched by the God of the pour over and not the runneth over. And so I, I, I found this out in, 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 in Oklahoma and my buddy said, you got to try this. And I was like, dude, that's nothing but coffee made. I just have to do more steps. And he's like, no, 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 no. This is completely different. And I'm like, how is it different? It's still coffee. You're doing the same thing. You're still pouring the coffee in there. You just have to now grind your own beans. You have to put it in here. And the filter looks different, right? There's very few people at home that have a filter like this. 
But here's the difference. So he poured it, he made it, he poured it in here, and he poured me a cup. And, and now at home, I'll put creamer and sugar in it. I put, grabbed the cup, and I said, where's the sugar and creamer? He goes, oh, no, this is delicious. You don't need it. And I was like, you don't know me like that, bro. Don't judge my life. And he said, just taste it without it. And I was like, okay, I'll do it, right? I took a swallow. This is the only coffee I drink completely black. I don't need anything in it. I don't need creamer. I don't need sugar. Now, the problem is I don't make it as much as I should. Because, and I spent money on this whole kit so that I'd make it. I just don't make it as much as I should because I don't have the time. Or I don't, nope, that's wrong. I don't make the time to do it, right? Because there's a difference in that. And see, the truth is, is what is the difference between the two? There's only one thing that's different. It's the filter. This filter right here filters out some of the oils and some of the things and the flavors of the coffee bean that this filter right here is a little different and allows to come through into the coffee. And part of the issue with our minds is a lot of times when we think about our minds, we think about our capacity to hold information and knowledge. But your mind is not just about your capacity to hold information and knowledge. It is also, also the filter through which everything else comes through. And many of the issue with us growing in our lives and the way we treat people and the way we love people and the way we grow in Christianity and with Christ is not the fact that we don't want to. It's that we're using the wrong filter, expecting a result that the filter can't give us. Because the truth is, if I went to go do this and I used the paper filter in here, it still wouldn't work. But I got to use the right filter to get the right product for it to taste the way that I want it to taste. And so when we talk about the mind, what I want you to hear today is this, that if we don't elevate our minds, our lives will never elevate because our lives go in the direction of our thoughts. Let me give you some, some examples today, okay? You good with this? Y'all good? We're teaching today, okay? Let me give you some examples. Number one, I'm going to give you some names. And when I say a name, just whatever pops up in your mind. You don't say it. Don't say it. Just think it, right? Show me with your facial expression. All right, let's say Mickey Mouse, right? All right, so Ashley was really excited about that. Ashley is the, like, I'm pretty sure she was a descendant of Walt Disney himself. She loves Disney, right? Mickey Mouse, right? Let's say this, Bugs Bunny. Oh, yeah, right? Okay, let's say, um, let's say this, Atari. That separates generations right there. Some people are like, Atari, what is that? I see the shirts. And then some of us are like, yeah, man, Pong with the little joystick. Y'all know what I'm talking about now, right? Donald Trump. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. See, and here's why that's funny, right? Here's why that's funny. The only reason that's funny is because everybody has a different opinion depending on the filter which, through which they process the name. Now, hear me. It doesn't mean your opinion's right or wrong. It's not about that for me. This isn't a political thing. But I got to bring something up to make you filter it because the first thought you come through is what you filtered his name through. Bugs Bunny, Mick, uh, Mickey Mouse, whatever. Let me give you this one. Hats in church. Some of y'all, when I walked on stage, that's the first thing you noticed. Some of you didn't even notice till I just said that. Here's why. It's the filter through which we put things through depending on what we've been through and what we've been taught and what we know. And some of us walk into church or we walk into life or we walk into work and we have these preconceived ideas that aren't even based on scripture. They're based on opinion. And because of that, now everything that you do, my thought about you and what you do is processed through a filter of my mind that may not even be holy. Yeah. 
Anybody? Y'all think I'm still talking about a hat. I'm talking about life. Because here's the deal. Listen to me. Here's the deal. It doesn't mean that you're right and I'm wrong because we think different. It means that our minds are at two different places. And I'm going to tell you something. Part of the issue is, is that we never see the fullness of Christ because our mind is never sanctified while our heart is trying to get to heaven. We lay our heart down on an altar, but we keep our minds wrapped up in our hands. And so we've got to understand that to love the Lord your God with all of our mind means that we have to elevate something and shift something in our lives simply because we've got to think at another level. If you talk to highly successful, very wealthy people, can I tell you what takes place? They think about things at a different level than most of us do. Do you know that most wealthy and successful people, they will get up very early in the morning and go to the gym and it has nothing to do with staying in shape. It has everything to do with staying on task and discipline because they stay in shape to stay on task so that the longevity of their success is gone throughout time. They don't go to the gym because you might think they look good. They go to the gym because they know that if they're in shape and they're healthy, then their success is longer over time. Are you with me? See the difference in process? See the difference in thinking? See the difference in the process and the filter of it? And so I want to talk today about something. And, and I want to tell you this right off the bat because we're going to Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 17. And I'm going to read something Jesus said. And then I got three things about our minds today that I want us to write down. But I want to tell you this. And here's the reality of our minds your mind will be a tool or a weapon at any given point. Can I tell you that the enemy knows, the devil knows that most of us, our weakest part is our mind. It's not our heart. Most of us, our heart is actually in the right place. Most of us, our heart, you ever heard somebody, you're talking about, you know, the, something somebody did that's just not good to somebody else, right? It's just not something that some, how somebody should treat somebody. And then here's what you follow it up with. But man, their heart is really in the right place. Can I tell you, most of the time, their heart is not in question. It's the filter through which everything that came out came through. You know what I'm saying? And so some of us need to change filters today. And my prayer today is this. I'm here to challenge. I know when we started Radiate Church in Elgin, South Carolina, can I tell you what God told me my, my plan was and my goal and my call is? As we expand Radiate Church to other counties and other towns, I'm telling you what it is. It is this. My goal, my call is to change mentalities that people have created and God has nothing to do with. You know how I know there's still those mentalities? Because there's some people that get mad whenever a, a, somebody of a different skin color walks in the room with them. That's a filter that has to be shifted. Because whenever the music is too loud at church or whenever something's done a little differently than they like at church, the filter through which they put that through is what they've been through in the past. And because of what they've been through in the past and how they've done it in the past dictates how they receive it in the future. Right? That's for me too. I'll go into some churches and I'm like, dude, I, I, can't, like, I can't get into that. I used to be a lot worse at it. And here's why. Because now I'm filtering my experience at that church through the filter of what I think church should be like today. But that's wrong on my part. And so I want to read you Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 17. If this is good, say yes, sir. Let's go. Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 17 says something really interesting. Jesus is beginning his ministry here. And it says this, it says, Now when Jesus heard that John had been taken into custody, he withdrew from Galilee. In leaving Nazareth, he came and he settled in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. 
This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who were sitting in darkness saw a great light. And those who were sitting in the land in shadow of death, upon them a light dawned. So you see this light beginning to take place. Jesus and here's what the light is. The light is the illumination of who God is, who Jesus is, who the, what the kingdom is. And all of a sudden, it says in verse 17, this is what I really want to hit. I wanted to give you some backstory. Verse 17, from that time, so starting when the people were illuminated, from that time, Jesus began to preach. And here was the basis of his preaching every single time. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Many of us hear that and we're like, yeah. You need to be sorry for your sin. Can I tell you, that's not what repent means. That's not the definition of repent. That is the filter that we put the word repent through today. Repent, yes, we should recognize our sin and our wrongdoing and ask God for forgiveness. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is the definition of repent means this. Change direction or change your thoughts. Change direction or change your thinking. Here's the problem. Most of us repent because we don't want to go to hell, but we never change the direction of our thoughts. And that's why six years later we're still dealing with the same gossip, the same negativity, the same addiction, the same overeating, the same frustration, the same bitterness, the same unforgiveness. It's because we gave him our heart, but we never allowed him to change our mind. And so now I think that because my parents went through this and my family went through this, I have to go through this. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's how generational curses begin and continue. A generational curse is nothing more than a mindset you won't change. Hear me. He said, repent. In other words, here's what Jesus is saying. Change your thinking. Because the kingdom of God is at hand. Why is that important to know? Because I believe Jesus in that moment, it says that from that point forward, he preached that. Here's what I know and I believe in my life as I study the scriptures. Jesus was looking at him and saying, your thinking will get you into or out of the kingdom of heaven. Oh, I thought it was a prayer and a snot rag. No, that's the acceptance of his grace and his mercy. The Bible says... To believe in your heart and speak with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you shall be forgiven. That is true, but it is also says to repent. Here's part of the problem. Most of us don't think that we ever do anything wrong. Is that everybody is somebody else's fault? That's not repentance. Can I tell you what that is? That's that, yeah, blaming somebody else, yes. That's that's arrogance. That's not repentance, that's arrogance. Repentance is when I look at God and I go, you know what? I am a flawed, broken person in this world and I am getting it wrong and I am messing it up and God, I am trying with everything I've got to get it right and I thank you that by the cross of Jesus and the blood that flowed down, I am redeemed back to the hand of God and I can come back to relationship with him and God, I understand that the kingdom of God is not something I get to when I die but it's something I live in today and I understand all of that and God, I get it wrong and I'm gonna repent. I need to repent. I need to change direction and change thinking. Can I tell you something? Hear me. Listen, I'm not trying to be mad, mean. I'm just trying to be honest today. The truth of the matter is if I'm dealing with the same crap that I dealt with when I gave him my life six years ago, can I tell you the problem isn't that my, my salvation isn't real. It's the problem, that, the problem is that my mind never changed. He said, repent. The kingdom of God is in hand. In other words, 
change your thinking think at a higher level think at a bigger level stop getting caught on this pastor travis told me something one time we were going i was going through some attacks and some things right and if you think that your pastor is oblivious and and is invincible to anybody coming against him you are wrong today i was talking to him about some things he looked at me and he said this he said i heard a navy seal say this one time he said i learned that you don't have to shoot at everything that shoots at you can I tell you, part of the problem in this world today is we think anytime somebody shoots a shot, we got to shoot two more back at them because we got to get one up and show them how good we are. Sometimes we need to shut up and show them how good Jesus is, not how much I know within my mind. I got to go, I know who he is. I don't need your approval. I need his grace. It's a mindset shift. It starts right here. I know some of you are like, I'm really uncomfortable today. Good. Good. No, I'm serious. Good. And the reason, and I'm saying some things and doing some things on purpose today. Because why? I've, anytime change takes place, it's painful. Change equals pain. If you think change is going to happen without pain, then you're mistaken. Change equals pain. But if we don't ever shift anything, then we'll live in the same cycle we've always lived in. And that's why many of us never get the fullness of Christ to begin with. If you elevate your thoughts, you'll elevate your life. Elevate your thoughts, you'll elevate your life. I want to give you three things to elevate your minds today. Are you with me? I'm going to go slow, but I'm going to go fast. Yeah, you'll figure that one out. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, gives us the first thing we have to do. They're going to pop it on the screen for me. It says this, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By your thinking, by your filter, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. The first thing we have to do, just leave that up if you don't mind. The first thing we have to do is this, we have to be made new. We have to be transformed. We have to be made new into a new realm. Many of us, we give our lives to God because we fear hell, not because I want to be closer to him. And that is something that the church has sold as a marketing scheme that is not good. It's not theologically or biblically correct. We give God our lives because we want to be closer to the one that gave his life for us. We don't give him our life because I don't want to go to a place full of flames. I give him my life because I love him, because he first loved me. It says, do not be conformed to this world. In other words, don't look like the world, don't become the world, but be transformed by cha or changed or made new by the renewing of your mind. Here's the problem. Many of us need to pray this prayer today. God, make my mind new every single day. You know why most of us walk around and all we want to talk about is what somebody else is doing in their life? is because we're so miserable in our life that their life is more interesting to us and we haven't made our minds new again. And so we want to talk about what they're doing wrong because God forbid we talk about what I'm doing wrong. Some of you are like, yeah, I know a friend like that. Probably look in the mirror. It's me too. It's me too, because the renewing of my mind, so that, because, listen to me, it says, so that you may prove what the will of God is. You can't prove what the will of God is in your life until your mind is changed. In other words, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, or repent for the will of God is at hand. Repent, change your direction, change your thinking, change your mind, because the will of God is proved through that. You're changed, you're transformed through renewing of your mind. So why many of us want to blame everybody else for our burnout when it's not overworking, it's under God. 
I'm on something today. And some of you are like, yes, you are. We have to be made new. You cannot, listen to me, we cannot believe that God is big enough to save our souls, but not big enough to save our minds. Your thoughts do not have to define you. Paul says it like this in the New Testament, to take your thoughts captive. In other words, throw some handcuffs on those bad boys, put them in a cage, and look at your thoughts and go, I know you want me to give in to that thought, but I will not today because I am above and not, I am above and not beneath. I am the head and not the tail. I am better than you say I am, brain, and I am something that you only wish you could be. I am called, I am anointed, I am purposed, and I will make a difference in this world. That's taking a thought captive. Instead of looking and going, you know what, I just don't feel good today and I'm so ugly and I'm big and I just don't look good in this. No, you stand up and you go, you know what, I might have some work to do, but thank God I'm not who I was. I am beautiful in the eyes of God. I am called to be somebody. Many men go home at night and we're like, man, I just can't support my family like I should. I'm struggling in this. I'm struggling in that. No, you stand up in the mirror and you literally look and you say, no, I am called by the purposes of God, which means I am empowered through the spirit of God and I will be something. This is just a hiccup in the road and I will be something at the end of my days. I will be the man in this house. I will take care of what I need to and I will be the husband my wife needs. See, there's a difference. There's a difference. Many of us are caught up in this mentality. See, everything starts with a thought. I know I'm, I'm trying to get through three points. Everything starts with a thought. David and Bathsheba, go read it. Don't have time to explain it all. David and Bathsheba, he went and he had uh, relations with a woman that was his best, one of his best friend's wives. Had relations with her, right? And then he sent his, her husband onto the front lines to get killed in battle so that he could hide it. And God said this. He's a man after God's own heart. His heart was never in question. His transgression started with a thought. <laughs> His heart was never against God. But he had a moment where the thought was. And he gave in to the thought. His heart wasn't the problem. You know where breakthrough happens? When my mind and my heart align to do something strong. Come on. That's where it's at. The first, second thing, oh man, second thing is this. Say, you good, Pastor. You good. Half of you didn't say it. I love you. You're good. Our mind, the second thing is this, our mind must be elevated. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 says it uh, like this. It says, uh, set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. And then verse 3 says it like this, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. It says, set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. Our mind must elevate. Our thoughts must elevate. It said, I mean, very plainly in Colossians, it says, set your mind up, not down. Many of us are so worried about what's happening down here that we never even think about what God's doing up there. We think because we're oppressed down here that God is all of a sudden caught by surprise. That's why I love what Pastor Travis preached last week right up here on this same stage. Because he said nothing catches God by surprise. So if my mind is with God and my life is hidden in Christ and my mind is up there with him, nothing should catch me by surprise to make me go, I don't know if God is who he says he is. Of course he's who he says he is. The problem is, is my mind isn't where he is. My mind is where I'm at. Not where he is. It says, set your mind on things above, not on things below. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 through 9, says it like this. I'm getting there today. We're preaching today. 
For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The Lord says this, your thoughts ain't as big as my thoughts. And so, doesn't that make it sound really interesting when I go to God and I'm like, hey God, I really think we should do it like this. And God's like, dude, like, go Isaiah 55. Like, if he just looked at us and said that, it would make complete sense. Okay, you're right. My thoughts are not as big as his thoughts. Why? Because he transcends time. We live within it. He is not defined by a clock. We are. And so if I can get my mind, as Colossians 3, 2 says, on things above, not on things below, then the reality is I begin to see things that I never saw before because I'm living in a realm that I've never been in before. Because now I'm not defined by what I think is age. I'm defined by what he calls levels. God is not defined by your age. God is defined by the levels that you occupy in the kingdom. Many of us are like, I'm 40 years old and I've got to do this. 40 years old means jack to God. I've been going to church 18 years in my life and I've always done it this way and I can't believe this and I can't believe that. It ain't got nothing to do. It ain't your church. It ain't my church. It ain't our church. It's God's church. We're here to reach people. You know what I'm saying? Can you believe there's people that don't like my preaching? I can't either. It's crazy. And I want to look at them and go, set your mind on things above, not on things. No, but the truth is, is everybody sees things differently and has a different flavor. And that's okay because some people don't. I found out a little girl doesn't like chocolate ice cream yesterday. I prayed for her on the spot. <clears throat> She's got a different flavor. But here's the deal. Your flavor doesn't define your mind. You can grab something from anything. If I'm teachable and my mind is okay with it. So if my mind is in a place to where I go, I can learn. I don't agree with everything Austin does. I don't even like the way he looks. He just looks like a mini Hulk, and it intimidates me. But I can, but I can learn from him. I've had people look at me before, and they're like, why are you learning from people in secular businesses? Because they're making millions and millions of dollars a day, most of them. And they got leadership principles that if I apply to the kingdom of God, then that money can go to the kingdom and not to the kingdom of the world, but to the kingdom of God that can make a difference. You know what I'm saying? You know why most of us can't get out of generosity in our lives? Because our minds are set on our wallets, not on the kingdom. My Bible tells me he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the hills, which tells me he owns all the currency he could ever need. But I'm worried about the currency that's in my first citizen's bank account today. Set my mind on things above, not on things below. Is this good? Come on. I need to take a break every now and then, huh? Nope. (laughs) The third one is this. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10 says this, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their hands and I will write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Now he's saying this to the house of Israel, but I want you to hear me. The third thing we have to do to elevate our minds is we have to understand the kingdom. I can't get to know a savior when I won't understand his kingdom. Hear me today. I'm I'm here to shake some things up. Like I'm tired of this mamby pamby patty cake 
sissy Christianity that we live that it doesn't cost you anything. You can just pray this prayer and you can go live in the same addiction, say the same things, think the same things, drink the same things over and indulgence and do all this other stuff all you want and still go to heaven and everything's still good. I'm not saying you won't still go to heaven. I don't know all that, but here's what I do know. That if I really give in my life, something's got to change. I can't look at God today and I can't look at you as your pastor and say this. I cannot look at you and say, you know what, just give God your life and if you never change again, at least you prayed that prayer. There's nothing in Scripture that shows me that nothing changes whenever I encounter Jesus. So why do we come to a place to where we claim the name of Jesus but we look, act, talk, and treat people the same that we did before we ever knew Him? with me today why do I do it listen I'll be transparent this is funny I gotta preface that so you can give me a pity laugh on the radio today there's a there's an interview with a woman on there I looked at my wife and I was like Megan that was terrible she's like what and I was like if that was me I'd have told her you need to re-record that and send it to me again because that was ridiculously bad she looked at me, she goes, you don't even know that woman. You don't know the, the, the radio station. Why would you do that? And I was like, because it bothers me. Some of you are like, you're mean. No, sometimes I just got to check my mind. You know, when the Bible talks about being filled with the Spirit, it doesn't talk about being filled with the Spirit one time or past tense. It talks about every single day that I wake up, I say, God, fill me with your Spirit so that my mind doesn't lead me astray. Fill me with your Spirit so that my heart is always in line with yours. Fill me with your Spirit so that my, I can love you with my heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength. With everything I've got, God, fill me. Amen. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I believe this so heavily. That if we'll change the filter, everything else changes. And here's the deal. I'm going to be honest. You can change it to a place to get a life that you don't even want. Or you can change it to a place where you go, I'm getting the fullness of everything God has for me. Hear me. I didn't say the perfection. I said the fullness. Jesus said in John chapter 10 verse 10 I came to give life and life more abundantly I came to give life in full what filter are we processing everything through and and here's what I know today like we got to stop playing this Christian card and excusing well I'm loved by Jesus so don't judge me no the Bible tells me that other believers I can judge by their fruits the problem is most of us aren't bearing a fruit that God wants us to bear because the filter isn't working and then we want to go and if we're really truthful when we're by ourselves we lay in our beds at night and we go God why can't I get there why can't I be that passionate why can't I be that faithful why can't I take that step of faith why can't I believe like that and God most times will look at us and go it's not that your heart is in question you are a person after my own heart it's that everything starts with a thought and when you wake up in the morning you already say it's going to be a bad day are you with me today and I just believe God's changing some mentalities in the house. I believe the filters are changing today. And what I'd love, I got a different translation, the Passion Translation that's going to pop up on the screen of Psalm chapter 139, verses 23 and 24. And, and I believe this is just what our prayer 
needs to be. The Passion Translation, I love this. It says it like this. It says, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. Verse 24. See if there is any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious, everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. That should be our prayer. Of God, sift through me my anxiety, my depression, my frustration, my addiction, my thoughts, my negativity, my gossip. Everything starts with a thought. So God, sift through my mind and tell me where I need to be led back to you. So if you would just stand to your feet with me today. You still love me, right? I just believe by the Spirit of God, something is shifting in our lives. I know it is in mine. And there's two next steps I have for you. Ask somebody at the Connect Center what you need to do to get on Right Now Media. It is the Netflix of Bible studies. You want to change your mind? Start getting in His Word. Start getting in His Word. Find out what you need to do. You get a free membership. We pay for you to have over 14,000 Bible studies at your disposal anytime you want it. And your kids. We pay for, for it so you don't have to. And then the second one is this. Sign up for a life group. You know, one of the things that challenges me and changes my mind more than anything, more than anything except getting in the presence of God and the Word of God is people. I go sit around people that make me feel dumb. You know why? Because I'm tired of being at the same level I've always been at. So I just want to pray over you today with eyes closed, heads bowed. If you would do this, this may seem kind of weird to you, but if you would do this, just if you're in a place where you go, God, just change my mind, just work on my mind. I know it's a process. I know it's going to take time, but just work on my mind. If that's you, would you just put your hand on your own head today? Just right where you are. Just put your hand on your own head. My hand's going on my head. And just, God, just work on me. I'm going to pray over you, Father, right now. <laughs> work on our minds. Let the Spirit of God begin to sift through our lives and change our minds, change our hearts. Our, 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 our thinking change our thoughts take captive the thoughts that are not of you and, and, and just help us to filter the right way the right things through love and grace and mercy and let us accept and be a part of what you're doing in this place because God maybe my opinion isn't right but my mind won't let me accept it or maybe I can I'm supposed to love them but my mind won't allow me to whatever it takes God change our minds Bring them under submission to the, the power in the kingdom of God. If you're in the room and today's your day to accept Jesus in your life, you've never done that, but you want to do that today, would you hold your hand up right where you are? I just want to pray salvation over you very quickly today. Amen. Jesus, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for who you are. And thank you for changing our lives. And if you believe God is doing something amazing in your life, can you let up a shout of praise and put your hands together in celebration today? Come on, guys.